So he's enjoying it. Well, I the last time I talked to him, and he was looking, he was looking, you know, trying to get a job. And he's been off since. I mean, he's probably been five, six months, something seven. like that. Okay, seven months without a job. And so he's been looking for a job, looking for a job, looking for a job. So. Well, he told me he was in the home, and they called him. I encourage you to go ahead and open your Bible because we'll read a pretty good lengthy bit of Scripture and uh, there's too much too much Scripture to try to put on that piece of paper there. So, uh, amen. Well, uh, we're coming down to the tail end of this story here of Joseph. Joseph has uh, been in prison. Uh, Joseph has been uh, a slave. Joseph has been... Uh, in the pit, and now he serves beside Pharaoh as the leader. And his brothers are there now in Egypt, and uh, he's provided for his family. And now he gets to go to the bedside of his dad. There's three instances where da where Joseph, I said David, where Joseph is at the at the bedside of his dad. We're going to look at two instances tonight, and next week we'll look at the third instance where he is at his bedside. We're going to start in four, chapter 47, and we're going to start in verse number 29, but just so we understand how long Jacob's been in Egypt. Verse number 28, the Bible says, And Jacob lived in Egypt, in the land of Egypt, 17 years. So the whole age of Jacob was 147 years old. So 147 years. So right now... Jacob, at this point, we've seen God move him to Egypt, and now he's lived there 17 years. Now, during those 17 years, we don't know what's transpired. We don't know anything that has taken place that they, they survived the famine, and God continued to provide for them. In verse number 27, it talks about how their, uh, what he had grew and multiplied exceedingly, as the Bible says. But now, verse number 29, Jacob is on his bedside. Or Joseph comes to the bedside of Jacob. Verse number 29. Uh, and time drew nigh that Israel must die, which is Jacob. And he called unto his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under thy, my thigh, and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. 
And verse number 30, but I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, swear unto me, and he swore unto him. Then Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. Now, as you see in this text, number one is the promise of Joseph. This is the first instance of him at the bedside. Number two is begins chapter number 14, 48, and uh, will be the second time at the bedside. But let's look at the first bedside meeting. He comes before Joseph. Joseph comes before Jacob. And Jacob, uh, he is about to die. He's about to die. He knows it. So he needs something fulfilled for him. So the promise of Joseph is or the ask of Joseph is, hey, can you take my body back to Egypt, or back to Canaan to bury me? Because I want to be buried with my fathers. Now, uh, Israel must die. He understands that. He says in verse number 29, deal kindly and truly with me and bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. Why do you think that it would be important for him not to be buried in Egypt? Anybody have any thoughts? Why, why do you think it would be important to him not to be buried in Egypt? Well, one thing is he wants to be buried in, with his family. With his family, all right. And number two, that is considered a, another country away from the country he's used to being in. That's not his homeland. And uh, even though his son's there and his, his other son's are there, he will consider that his own land. Right. And like his father was there, he wants to be buried with his family. With his father. Mm -hmm. With his father. He don't want to be born into a foreign, buried in a foreign, a foreign land. Okay. I don't understand. I don't, I don't really think there's a wrong answer. So whatever, I mean, you know, uh, I think there's, I think there's uh, answers that are, that, that are not, um, Lot, I mean, there are answers that are logical. Of course, I want to go back to my home and go back to um, where my fathers are at. You know, that makes sense. Canaan. Canaan. Right. Isn't that the promised land? It is the promised land. That's why. That's why. That's why he wanted to be buried. Yeah. You think also it had something to do with his faith? Yeah. What did they believe in Egypt? They didn't believe the same thing they did in Israel. They didn't believe the same thing they did in now I think that it had, I think it's had something to do with being buried in homeland. It had something to do with being buried in the, in per se, the promised land. But ultimately, I think it had to do with his faith. I don't want to be buried in a pagan land where they don't worship my God. I mean, the significance of Jacob, God prepared Jacob to be, I mean, I know that we call Father Abraham, but ultimately, Jacob's the one that had the 12 sons. Yeah. Jacob's the one that, um, that formed the 12 uh, tribes of Israel through Jacob. Now, he didn't know that at that time, but he knew that he had trusted God in the land. He knew that he had, his hip had come displaced. He trusted God with the angel. He trusted God every step of the way when he lived in the land of Israel, and he knew that's where he could be buried at. Our faith ought to be more important to us than this thing, the things of this world. Because would it... I mean, almost it almost makes sense if he 
just be buried in Egypt. I mean, now think about the trip that his son had to carry him all the way back over there. And uh, But I, I think that there was a significance in him being buried at home, him being buried in Israel. There was a significance in there because of how important God was to him, more important than the things of this world. Now, let me ask you this. Should it not be for a Christian that things of God ought to be way more important than the things of the world? Was it saying in Colossians 3, 2, set your affections on things above and not on the things of the earth? You know, I mean, that's what we ought to do is our strive, our stri strive to make sure that the heavenly things are way more important than the earthly things. Because what we leave behind doesn't matter, right? I mean, all of us want to leave something behind, right? Right? Well, as I've said before, you know, they don't they don't have a U-Haul going behind the hearse when you leave. No, no, they sure don't. You don't get to take none of it with you. So a big truck. <laughs> do I? A big truck. Yeah. They don't carry that with you. Yeah. And so J Jacob, he's concerned. I gotta get back home. That's that's my home. That's my home. That's the promised land. And we later learn that that is the promised land and how God blesses. Jacob in the promised land. Yeah. Uh, also, Egypt was considered a uh, heathen nation. Right, it they was. They all kinds of gods. Right. And he wanted to be buried, you know, where the gods didn't prevail. There's only one God, and that was his God. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, Is your faith important to you? Uh, not, you know, just following that up. Is your faith important to you? Is your faith the, uh, the utmost, number one, important to you? I mean, it was it was Jacob, evidently, because he says. Now, again, there's not a wrong answer, okay? He wanted to be buried in his home. He wanted to be buried with his fathers. He wanted to be buried in his promised land. He wanted to be buried because of faith. Multiple, we can stand here and just assume, you know, make assumptions why he chose to be buried there. But ultimately, he chose to be buried, or he asked his son to be buried in Israel. So. Do you think that Joseph does it? Do you think Joseph honors his daddy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. We will, that'll be the next, in about two weeks, we'll study that. But he does honor his dad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Ma'am? <laughs> she read ahead. She read ahead. But ultimately, yes, he does. But he does it because his dad asked him to, and he made a promise to his dad that he would. He made a promise to his dad, I think in uh, chapter 45, verse number 11, he said, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. And so even on his deathbed, he was important to him. Even when he was sick, he was important to him. You know, Joseph made his dad important to him. And when he came to Egypt, think about how easily it could have been that, jo that Jacob could have fallen through the cracks and his brothers could have fallen through the cracks. He, he had more important things going on than just his 12, his brothers and his dad. You know? I mean, he's yeah, trying to run a country. He's running Egypt. Yes. Right. I mean, forget you. I mean, I've got things to do. I've got things to take care of. But he took time out of his time, what he was doing, to go see his dad, be with his dad, enough to see that his dad... And why is it? And the other question is, is why did, why did Jacob tell Joseph? About why didn't he go to Reuben or Simeon or Judah? 
Or why didn't he tell any of the other brothers? Why didn't he tell Joseph? Joseph had a pure heart. He had a pure heart. And also, Joseph was still his favorite son. Yeah. Not about it. He, you know, the others were jealous. But that was his favorite son. He knew it would be done if he told Joseph. Mm -hmm. And also, he had the authority to do it. To take him out of that land. Yeah. And again, this is one of those questions that there's not a wrong answer to. But, um, why do you think? You guys have any thoughts? Why do you think that God would, I mean, Jacob would choose Joseph? I think it has something to do with his character. Um, Joseph was going to do right, even if it didn't seem right. Even if um, they didn't go along with it. Even if the older brothers didn't agree with it. He was still going to do what he was going to do right. Um, but again, this is something that was a private meeting. There was no one else in this meeting. There wasn't the other brothers there. there were, now, uh, at the third bedside meeting, he does mention to all the brothers, take me back home, okay? So, yes, he first mentioned it to Joseph. He wanted to make sure that it got done, but then in the third bedside meeting, he does tell all the brothers, take me back home to Israel. Um, so, yes, he told Joseph. I think that he did it. Um, it was very important very important to him to make sure that it got done so he wanted to tell Joseph to make sure it got done. Anybody else? Question? Uh, you guys said in verse number 32, swear unto me. Swear unto me. Alright? Anybody have any thoughts or questions before we move on? Point number two? Alright. No questions? Alright. Well, let's look at the portion of Joseph. We see, number one, the promise of Joseph. Well, let's look at number two, the portion of Joseph. Now, this is a pretty lengthy bit of scripture. So we're going to bounce around just a little bit so we can get to the gist of it. <clears throat> so now is the second bedside meeting. All right? So the first bedside meeting is over. Joseph leaves. Verse number one, chapter 48. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two, took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told joke, uh, joke. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee and I will make thee a multitude of people and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. So Israel or Jacob is, go is going back with Joseph oh, reiterating what God had told him in the land of uh, uh, land of Luz, at Luz, and he's telling him that God will bless our seed. Now, verse number five. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee into Egypt, are whose mine, are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And thy issue, which thou begottest after. 
them shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in, the, in their inheritance. As, and as for me, when I came from Pedam, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath. And I buried her in the way of Ephrath, the same is Bethlehem. Now, look at this. He is getting ready to bless Jacob. Uh, Jacob is getting ready to bless Joseph. Now, there were two blessings that were given from the father to the first. What were those two blessings? Does anybody know those two blessings? Normally given from the father to the firstborn child. of Christ, basically. Okay? So, that is the, the other blessing. So, now, here it is. Is Joseph the oldest? No. Joseph is the second to youngest son. Now, Joseph does not receive the spiritual blessing or the lineage of Christ blessing. Who gets that? The firstborn. But he Judah was not the firstborn because the firstborn messed up. Alright? Reuben was the firstborn. And then Simeon and Levi. Then Judah. So Judah was the fourthborn. Now, the reason God, Jacob, over... Uh, he looked over those was because of the sin in which Simeon, Reuben, and Levi had committed. And God put the blessing onto Judah. But that's the that is the that's the blessing that would go to the oldest child. Now, in chapter 49, the blessing of Judah is he's uh, he's the tribe in the lion of uh, the lion in the tribe of Judah, and that's the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is that is the divine, what you would call a divine blessing or the prince blessing or whatever you would call it, all right? Then there is the double portion blessing. What you said is that the, they get the bulk of the inheritance of land. Now, who gets that in this story? Joseph does. Now, why would God choose Joseph? I, I mean... You think about this. I mean, all the other children should have not have went to Judah. I mean, the firstborn, you go back to Jacob and Esau, you go back, I mean, every story, it gets passed on to the firstborn, do, 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 or whatever it is, but then, here it is, he does not pass it on to the firstborn child. He does not pass it on to Judah. But God blesses Joseph and his two sons. Now, if you know, like, I mean, I know that you know this, so it's just more iterating than anything. 
In the, New, in the Old Testament, Bible, you don't hear of Joseph being one of the 12 tribes of Israel, right? You know, it's not the tribe of Joseph that's mentioned in the Bible. It's the tribe of Ephraim and the tribe of Manasseh. So what God does for Joseph here is God blesses Joseph and his faithfulness to him. God blesses Joseph and his faithfulness to be a servant, his faithfulness to stay faithful to him in the pit, his faithfulness to stay faithful to him as a, as a slave, his faithful to stay faithful to him in the prisons, his, his, his stick to itiveness and stay faithful at being at Pharaoh's side. Every step of the way, Joseph never stopped being faithful and God rewarded him way more than he could ever imagine right here as he stands before his father, his father blesses his children, and his children get more of the blessing, more of the inheritance than any of the other sons. Not only does he bless both one, but he blesses both of them. And then both of them become a tribe in Israel. Both of them become a tribe in now, isn't that interesting? Yes, ma'am. with um, Joseph and his dad um, and him blessing his two sons. In, in, uh, in Genesis chapter number four, unless someone else has something else to say or question to ask. All right. Um, verse, number, uh, verse number eight, Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, who are these? Now understand, Joseph, I mean, Jacob's older. He's losing his eyesight, so he can't exactly see what's going on or see who he's touching. And Joseph said unto his father, They are my sons whom God hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray thee unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for, for age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them, and he embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God hath showed me thy face. Huh? God had also, also thy seed. You know, he, he's looking at his son, and he said, you know what, I thought I'd never see you again. And then, not only did I get to see you again, I got to see your sons. Now, as, as we've looked at this, and we're, we're talking about this, now, Joseph wasn't the only one that had kids at this point. Joseph was uh, number 11 out of the 12. So, the other sons had boys. Why is it that Joseph's sons were the ones that left? You know, you look at this and you're questioning why all this takes place. I'm going to tell you. I mean, you look at the faithfulness of Joseph. God is blessing Joseph because of him never turning away from God. This is what's taken place because he stayed faithful to God. Uh, 
in verse number 12. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took with him Ephraim in his right hand, and uh, towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand, towards Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head. And who was the younger? How, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Dad. And his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hand winningly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, and the God which fed me all my life long unto this, unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head unto Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy right hand on his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son. I know it. He shall also become a people. And he shall also, he shall also be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God, make thee as Ephraim and as Manasseh, and set Ephraim before Manasseh. What took place was his two sons were standing before Jacob, and Jacob was set up to bless the older child with his right hand or whatever it was, and, uh, and he switched the hands on him. And he blessed the younger son, not, he blessed both of them, but he blessed the younger son more than the, the younger son. God, or the younger son more than the older son. God working in Jacob. Joseph didn't understand. What are you doing? What are you doing? And he says, I will make both of them a nation. Both of them a nation. Now, there's a couple times. Uh, now, I ask you this question. Why... Okay, so he, he, we see the blessings of God to the boys. Uh, we see that 12 tribes of Israel. You go to Numbers, and, and uh, multiple times in the book of Numbers, uh, he tells them to number the tribes of Israel, and he tells, he tells the tribe of Manasseh and the tribe of Ephraim, and he, he has those two tribes. Uh, why is it uh, that there's not 13 tribes if there were 12 tribes? And then, uh, and then they added one with Manasseh. Why is it that there's only 12? Does that make sense? Ephraim, Ephraim if, Ephraim. If, if Ephraim and Manasseh were made tribes of Israel, and in the book of Numbers, they were always listed as two separate tribes. Um, in the book of Numbers, always listed as two separate. When he, when, uh, when, uh, when Moses sent people into the land to view out, to spy out the land, they sent somebody from 12 tribes. Um, and, and one from Manasseh, one from Ephraim. So why is it that there's only 12 and not 13? 
you a text from Joshua chapter 14. Kind of explains it and helps us out a little bit. Joshua 14 and verse number 4. Now, the Bible says, For the children of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. Therefore they gave no part unto the Levites in the land, save the cities to dwell in with their suburbs for their, for their cattle and for their substance. The Levites were the priests. And so they no longer considered a tribe. It became Ephraim and Manasseh who took that spot. So it is 12 tribes of Israel. There's something to be noted as well that the north, when Israel divided, I know it's kind of more teachy here right now, but when Israel divided the nation, the northern and the southern tribe, the northern, the northern kingdom was listed as Ephraim, or uh, 37 different times in the book of Hosea, it's mentioned as Ephraim. The southern tribe was mentioned as Judah. So as you look at this and you read this, who ended up with more land? Who ended up? Who ended up with more inheritance? Who ended up with more girls? Who ended up with more than all the other brothers? Who ended up with more? Joseph did. Okay. Ephraim was the son of Joseph. And Manasseh was the son of Joseph, but who got the benefit of that? Joseph did. And so when they split the land in, in, in Israel, Manasseh and Ephraim, they were of Joseph, and they combined to have the most land, because there's two nations, or two tribes of Israel, that got the majority of the land. Why did that take place? God, again, blessing Joseph for being faithful and doing right. You think it's by accident that he received that? No. no, it's because he stayed faithful to God and did right and lived right and never stopped being that way. Uh, Revelation 2, verse number 10. For none of these, of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and ye shall, have, ye shall have tribulation ten days. But be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. You know, for endurance, for endurance sometimes of trials and tribulations, you, God blesses. God give crown of life to some people because of what they went through. And how they've endured. Isn't that interesting? When I was studying it out, I never really paid that close of attention to uh, that. I never really paid that close of attention to how God blessed uh, Joseph with two tribes of Israel, double the land mass of anybody else uh, that they got in Israel. Now look in uh, Ezekiel chapter 47 and verse number 13. This is prophecy of the millennial reign, uh, of the millennial. And verse
verse number 13, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord God, This shall be the border whereby you shall inherit the land according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Joseph, Joseph shall have two portions. Even in, even in the millennial, even in when he came back to Egypt, God with double the portion because of his faithfulness to God. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always standing in the work of the Lord. Is it not what it says? Encouraging to you, just stay faithful. Can you imagine how lonely it got in the bottom of that prison? How lonely it got in the bottom of the uh, of the slavery pit. How lonely it got serving serving Pharaoh, serving I'm serving Potiphar. How lonely it got because no one else was doing it. He went through more trials than anybody. Faith, he was rewarded twice as much as anybody else. And yeah, don't think for just a moment. If you will be faithful, if you will be right and stay right and be right, God will bless you more than you could ever even begin to imagine. Hebrews 11, verse number 21, that says, By faith, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. You know, uh, by faith, by faith, he blessed his two sons. All right. Anybody have any questions? Oh, anybody have any? Anybody have any input? What a blessing to see God bless somebody who just simply stayed faithful. You know, sometimes it won't be the results you want, but you just gotta stay faithful. Why do you do what you do? Why are you doing what you're doing? You know what? If it's to please man, I would have gave up a long time ago. Because you know what? You can't please every man, can you? By faith, Jacob gave the, the blessing to his two sons. We we have. That's right. That's right. And you know, God God never promised that we wouldn't fail. And he said that he'd you know be faithful to help us. And there, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so when we do fall, when we do fail. He's always there to, to be there for us. The greatest thing about God. And then God will bless you for being faithful. Um, I know I'm not going to quote it exactly right, but the Bible says, uh, "Be faith, him that's faithful over little things will make him ruler over you know, many things, something, something to that context. You, know, you just be faithful to what God's given you. Well, I, it's not very much, or it's not this, or it's not that. Joseph was faithful even when he didn't know when he knew no one was watching. You know, he was in prison doing what he was supposed to be doing. Even though he was in prison. Amen. 
Anybody else? Any other thoughts? receives the, the reward for staying. Um, I heard a preacher say this, uh, stick and stay and make it pay. You know, you may not get the results tomorrow. You may not get the results next week. But if you just keep doing right, doing right, doing right, doing right, you will get the results at some point. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I pray that you will bless our time together. I pray that you have uh, worked in each one of our hearts. I, help, I pray that you help me to be faithful to your cause, to your will. And uh, Lord, I pray for everyone in this room as well to be faithful to what God's called them to do. I pray that you help them to just continue to be faithful, uh, continue to do what they're doing. We thank you for their faithfulness. Pray God's blessings. And uh, we love you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>